and welcome back to the Super Mega Clash podcast, the podcast companion to your wrestling fandom. I couldn't have said that even cheesier, could I? Never mind. So yeah, welcome to the show. It's going to be a bit of a Royal Rumble special. You may have just heard the clawing of the Super Mega Clash Spaniel. You can hear my voice, but you can't see me, so he's thinking, what's guanin' right now? But it's fine. It'll be fine. Welcome to the show. Royal Rumble special. Why not? I'm going to talk about, for me, one of my favourite Royal Rumbles, and also going to be just talking about the Royal Rumble in general. Obviously, Royal Rumble's coming up in a couple of days' time of recording, so why not uh, do a little bit of a special, I suppose? Um, I've picked Royal Rumble 94, because I had it on VHS. I'm going to be talking about my days of VHS tapes and early WWF slash E watching on another show, which I'm I'm currently having planned out right now, so I won't go into it too much, but I used to get my VHS tapes from charity shops, and this was one of the ones I saw. I was excited uh, by the thought of having a Royal Rumble event on tape um, that also featured names that I didn't really know, because at the time I only knew WWF slash WWE from around 2000 to that point, which I'm guessing would have been about 2006, 2007, Mm, yeah, because that's when I... That's when I stopped watching for a little while. Uh, there were names I'd never heard of, save from two ECW tapes that I had. So I knew the obvious ones like Shawn Michaels, uh, The Undertaker, Diesel. Somehow I knew Diesel. Um, that Actually, that would have been from another VHS. Uh, the Hearts, Owen and Brett. I kind of knew of Lex Luger. And I also knew Bam Bam Bigelow from his ECW stuff. That was key. A lot of the others I didn't really know. I was interested to see who uh, a lot of people were, to be honest. Especially Kabuki, uh, Tenru, and Quang. Found out that Quang was Savio Vega in a mask. So slightly disappointed. Don't get me wrong, I actually quite like Savio Vega as a wrestler, but to find out it was just him in a mask, because you could tell who it was straight away by his style, um, was a little bit disappointing. And Tenru to me at the time, was just a generic Asian wrestler in black tights. Done. If you look at him then, and you look at him at his retirement show, there's not a whole lot of difference, to be honest with you. Um, He's just a little bit saggier. But that's just old age. You know. Oh, and he could move a bit smoother. But again, that would have been old age yet again. Um, And then the great Kabuki, I didn't know who he was. But I was disappointed, because it looked like a guy that was over the hill, wearing lilac pyjama pants just imagine being repeatedly head chopped by the great kabuki whilst the soundtrack of purple rain plays and it's not really that intimidating to be honest with you so i was a little bit i wasn't let down but the excitement i had of oh i have no idea who these are uh, i was actually i'll say i was a little bit let down why not i'll say it i don't care i don't give a care yeah What am I doing? Um, It had the pre-show on the tape, which had a few video packages. It was basically the the hype pre-show hour that they have. I think it was less than an hour on this, just to try and make sure they can get the last-minute buyers coming in for the pay-per-view. So you had Todd Pettengill, who is annoying, um, doing his thing doing his spiel, running down the card and, and sending it to pre-tape vignettes. 
which I'll go on to in a little bit. But the one thing that sticks out the most to me, apart from double deep, double wide, Paul Bearer. Wow, that sounds like it should be an adult movie. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. I'm so sorry, William Moody. Um, you know, the the casket and the Undertaker vignettes. But also there was the, the competition winners. I can remember from WrestleMania 2000, I think it was WrestleMania 2000, when they had a competition winner appear on the TV, it would be a quick video package of them turning up at their house going, hey, you've won the competition, you're going to be going to WrestleMania, and they're like, cool, wicked, luckily I've got my grandparents, well, I've got my parents around so they can look after the kids, we're off now, we're going to Anaheim, bye-bye, and then you see them in the crowd, that's it. For the winners of the Royal Rumble 94 competition, they weren't so lucky. They got a private box, which in one way can be better than front row tickets at WrestleMania, but you know, each to their own. So private box, which is a tick straight away, you're thinking, great, wicked. Get some food on the go, get some drink, not have to worry about people barging past you, not having to deal with you know, people blocking your view, you can have a comfy chair, where are the comfy chairs, oh no, seriously, for real, where are these comfy chairs, why can I, I'm, no, I I don't feel comfortable in a jacuzzi, they had to be in a jacuzzi for the pre-show, it cuts to Todd Pettengill, with these half dozen people looking uncomfortable in the jacuzzi as if someone's trying to play footsie with someone but no one knows exactly who it is if it's wanted or not you know i hope that's not my mum that's currently towing my bum bum right now uh although why would you go with your mum and especially being in a jacuzzi with her that was weird um weirdness weirdness quick get past it get past it double wide Double deep! There we go, I've cleansed it with a double wide, double deep. Wonderful. <laughs> They're all sat in the, in the, in the I said bathtub, well it's basically a bathtub with bubbles. Um, asked by Todd Pettingill if they're having a great time, are they enjoying the bubbles? Hey, how about you enjoy some popcorn? If I was them, in my mind, I'd be going, go away, get this TV camera away from me, because I'm currently almost naked in a bubble bath for the whole nation to see, because obviously this was only a US thing, but in the glory of VHS, it went worldwide. So the world saw you in your, in your, in your nice little speedos, or bathing suit. Um, no... If I won the competition and they told me I had to do that, I was like, nope, I'm fine. I'll just watch it on pay-per-view. Give me a free pay-per-view. Done. I'm happy. So it's just weird. And I don't think they could have been more uncomfortable unless, you know... Actually, no. I think they would have preferred having their grandparents' bare asses in their faces than uh, than deal with that. I'm not sure. I'm coming up with some great imagery for you today, aren't I? This is wonderful. <laughs> so, the show itself... It was all good. You had Ted DiBiase on commentary, which was which was fine. I I I like DiBiase as a as a as an on air personality. I think it works. It's a bit weird that he came out with his own entrance just to sit at the commentary table. I know they do that often, but what's the point? The the crowd are cheering and they're thinking, "Yay, what's going on?" Oh wait, he's just uh, he's just sitting at the commentary table. He's not actually going to interact with us all night. Wonderful. Okay. 
Because I instantly thought, ah, okay, he's one of those that has come out with his own entrance to sit at the commentary table. He's going to get involved later on in the night. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get involved until the summertime. Well, properly until the summertime. And it's just... It felt like a bit of a dud. A damp squib. Or as someone that I used to know used to call it, a damp squid. Because, you know, that is quite disappointing, I suppose. A damp squid. But you wouldn't want a dried out, wrinkly old squid, would you? Because then it'd be dead. Or if you wanted it to eat, it'd be unappetising. You wouldn't want to touch it. So, I don't know. It makes sense, but it doesn't. We'll just go with it. I don't really want to do my Paul Bear impression again. So I'm just going to battle on through, I guess. Uh, yeah, Tatanka versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Tatanka made wearing baby blue cool before Batista did. He did. He pulled it off so much better than Batista as well, partly because Batista had two guys all in black next to him and Tatanka was his own vision in aqua, let's put it that way. Oh, that was a good way of putting it. He was against Bam Bam Bigelow with his main squeeze, Luna Vachon. I love it when, when it's changed to stuff like his main squeeze or I can't remember who it was. I think Sid Vicious might have had it in his early days. But instead of saying, like, from Arkansas, I think he's from Arkansas, it'd be from wherever he damn well pleases. In one way, it sounds cheesy, but in one way, you can tell that he does not give a damn. You stay out of his business. Who who wants to know? Get out of it. You know, puts the attitude across quite well. Uh, Tatanka wins, and it's a shame that Bigelow didn't have more success than he did, if I'm completely honest. He was in a million-dollar corporation. He had his own little run. He then lost against Lawrence Taylor in 95 at WrestleMania 11, and that kind of just swept the legs from underneath him. They cut him straight off, clean at the bone, at the knee. And that was a disappointment. I know he had success in Japan, and I know he had success in ECW, but, oh, it would have been good if he was really at the top of the card. And it's a shame, because someone that size, with that agility, get him doing more stuff. Come on, I want to see more Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm not one of those guys that's going to instantly be like, yes, the greatest of all time is Ric Flair, and I will only watch Ric Flair matches if I want to see quality. I don't know. I just I like the different things out there that you can see. Bam Bam Bigelow is one of them, I suppose. Um, the only time that I don't really uh, pay attention to a Bam Bam Bigelow match is if I'm watching WCW Hardcore stuff, because he was wasted when he was doing the Hardcore stuff, completely honest. He should have stayed with ECW, but obviously, financially... It wasn't worthwhile for for either parties. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole card because I hate doing that sort of thing. I'm just going to bring up the key things. I thought I'd start off with the Tatanka Bigelow match because also I forgot to mention that I'm looking forward to uh, 4FW's New Year's Resolution show, which is on Saturday. As time we record, and I'm going to put this out on the same day, which I believe is a Wednesday today. Once I get my bearings. There's still tickets, I believe, so if you want to come, please come. Quick advert. They haven't asked me. I just thought I'd do it. If you see me there, I'll probably be wearing a check shirt, so you'll know it's me. Six foot three, beard, check shirt. That'd be me. Just say hi, why not? I, I, I'm I, going on my own, so it'd be, it'd be good to, to meet like-minded people that enjoy stuff to do with the wrestling and whatnot. You've got Tatanka, you've got uh, Pentagon Jr. and Drago from Drago from AAA and Lucha Underground. You've got Kenny Omega, the cleaner and the leader of the Bullet Club and the Elite. Uh, he'll be over facing Mark Haskins, the best junior heavyweight in the UK. Yeah, I said it, people. Um... And, like I said, you got Tatanka as well. So, 
they've got some great acts coming in, but obviously 4FW have their own array of styles that I'm looking forward to seeing as well. You've got Tiger Alley and Doug Williams for the 4FW title. You've got Saul Adams facing Tatanka, and and I believe there's going to be a little bit more on the show as well that they haven't announced, but I could be wrong there. But yeah, it's going to be a good show, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. I think that's why I brought up the Tatanka Bigelow match. I'm not sure. Let's just go with it. Owen Hart established himself as a heel. He played that younger brother feeling like he's in the shadow of his brother so well. Um, and I think he had a lot of following behind him because there was a lot of people like that. But also because he played it so well and Brett was so boring. In promos, he was so boring. The run-up to the Rumble, he spoke the same monotonous voice of, yeah, well, there's nothing really else to say, but uh, under no circumstances uh, will I fight my brother, Owen Hart, the Rocket. Yeah, he's my younger brother, and he's not happy. (laughs) Bored, bruv, come on. You're a good wrestler, but promos, get out. So it it, it was really good to see Owen Hart establish himself as that bratty character, as that heel that he plays so well, and that he played through the majority of his WWF run. I loved it, and it was great to see it happening there. Obviously, there's the famous mess-up of him saying, I kicked the leg out of your leg, but that post-match angle and the interview after that were awesome, because he kicked that leg quite well, and he did it with conviction. You're thinking, oh, right. The family bond is shattered. And then once Brett was being stretched out, I find I find that they need to do this more often. They had him being stretched out, and on the video wall was Owen Hart being interviewed, doing his promo, and it was as if he was saying it directly to Brett, and Brett just had to take the brunt of that verbal assault right then and there. And for me, that worked really, really well. I loved the look of it. It was great. Um... It was a shame that he repeated himself and he said kick the leg out of his leg. But that really established Owen. And I enjoyed it. And I wish they would do that almost face-to-face. Just more... It's just different ways of, of, of delivering it. Because nowadays it would literally just be... Uh, how do I put it? A lot of exposition from the rampway. Or he'd be doing it after the fact. Brett's nowhere in, near in sight and he's just being interviewed by Renee Young. And it's just not the same. Uh, Yokozuna Undertaker... The promos, this is what I was on about. These promos, I enjoyed these promos because Paul Bearer was at his best doing double deep, double wide and just doing his ghoulish voice. But you also had The Undertaker doing stuff like the rotten flesh you call an entourage, which for me is a very cool line. And he needed more lines like that, but, you know, he's the dog, he's the big dog in his own yard, blah, 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 blah. Not as good. I know it's cartoonish to call him rotten flesh, but it worked so well. Come on. Um, the only downside I've got to it is sometimes when the Undertaker was being intense and he was trying to be more of an Undertaker, Spaniel, shh. Sorry, there's the dog scratching. Um, sometimes when he was getting intense or he was really trying to get over that Undertaker character, he sounded like I should be paying a couple of pounds a minute on a premium line, like it was Undertaker Babe Station. Because there was one they did around Christmas time to do with a casket where he was saying ho, ho, ho. But instead of going ho, 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 it was another impression. It was ho, ho, ho. 
I don't know about you, but yeah, I'm not into Undertaker Babe Station, if I'm completely honest. I'm not into real Babe Station, so why would I want some seven foot tall ginge breathing heavy? At least he kept it festive, that was quite nice. But, you know, he always does that. He just sounds like a pest. That's the best way of putting it, to be honest. Uh, the match against Yokozuna wasn't really anything special. It was ten minutes before the heels came down and beat him up. You had Kabuki, you had Tenryu, you had Crush, you had Jeff Jarrett, who looked like he was wearing a turtleneck, but obviously that's his attire. I like his attire with the straps that go down the centre of his chest, just because, it's, again, it's different. And as a heel, it annoys you, because why would a Muppet wear that? And it works. I think it works a lot. Um, so, yeah, he had all these heels come out. They managed to get him in the casket. Bigelow was led on top of it. And they managed to, to keep him in the casket. Yokozuna wins. He goes on to WrestleMania 10. And The Undertaker obviously takes his sabbatical because he had to to recover from various injuries that he had uh, accumulated. He come back in. He came back SummerSlam 94 against the fake Undertaker, who I believe was Brian Lee. Tia DiBiase saying he's going to be bringing back The Undertaker. Not true. Crocker of crap. Crop, crocker shit. Let's go with that. Um... And it was, it was the promo again. He was doing the. Uh, I will be back. I will return. Uh, do you like that when I do this? Yeah, love it. Yeah, keep going. Uh, yeah, it's just disturbing. Also, another thing. He appears on the video wall. And he's talking directly ahead, which would imply that there's a camera on the lid. There's not a camera on the lid. And I know that wrestling is all about um, suspending the disbelief, but how can you when it's so campy and kitsch like that? Even if I was a kid, I'd be like, what? It just didn't quite root. It didn't quite root. It didn't quite work, is what I was going to say there. I was going to say roof, because obviously, Marty Jannetty was the one that got suspended. Not suspended. He got lifted up to the to the roof, which I thought was quite nice. Uh, the Royal Rumble. I liked this Rumble, because there was a lot of names and faces that I didn't quite know in their guises there. Obviously, Rikishi was in it as one of the head shrinkers, and you had Diesel, who... You know, was Kevin Nash? Come on! Uh, you had a different side of Shawn Michaels, um, and there was Greg the Hammer Valentine turning up, who was he was there, I suppose. Uh, you had Virgil turn up; he got beat up and he got thrown out. That was pointless. You had Diesel having that long dominant run. You might as well say it. Virgil's a waste man. Uh, Scott Steiner looking miles different to Big Popper Pump. For me, Scott Steiner should have stayed how he was. I know his big popper bump. He he found success winning the WCW title a couple of times and was being quite dominant. But he could do so much more when he wasn't so built and and genetically freakish. Um, I just it would have been nice to see Steiner screwdrivers for longer. I know it's a very dangerous move and not a lot of people uh, would like to take it, but it's such a glorious move. Uh, the Samoan Savage gimmick in 94, come on, civilization, yeah, 99.9% it, it, of the world is civilized, we don't need Samoan Savages in 94, 
Vince McMahon was saying that if Roman Reigns was a generation before, he'd have a bone through his nose. Yeah, that's a painful reminder of how bad it was in the 80s and early 90s where they would have that sort of thing go on and no no one would really bat an eye. I'm not saying that because now it's 2016 and there's a lot more awareness to this sort of thing, but come on, it's cringeworthy as anything. It really, really is. So, eh, it just makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. And another thing that's uncomfortable, I'm going back to Virgil. He obviously makes no qualms about trying to make a quick buck. I know it's mentioned on Shock, I mentioned in another podcast, on OSW, that he's, he's quite liberal with uh, his services when it comes to a tenor, and he, he, he'd be happy to snatch that tenor off of you. But he was offering to, to tuck you in as if he's your father for one service. That is weird. Absolutely fucking weird. If you're willingly paying for Virgil to tuck you in at night, read you a story, kiss you on the forehead, and you're not doing it ironically, reevaluate your life because it's Virgil. Come on, it's just a standard bloke. No different. Come on. Uh, the finish. Obviously, we knew that Brett was going to be in the final, final two because of his leg injury. That that foreshadowed it, and Lex Luger was being built pushed up again because obviously that's why the three mysterious mr fuji uh clients of kwang uh tenru and kabuki came in they were going to try and stop him of course it was going to be those two didn't expect it to be the finish that it was when i first saw it on vhs and it was it was refreshing to see it because obviously up until that point there was always just the one winner they did it again with cena and batista about 11 years later but this was nice to see um i can't i think i wanted I don't think I wanted either of them to win when I was watching it, because I was siding with Owen that he was being selfish. Brett was being selfish, and I didn't really like Luger. The promos that he the promo that he does on this show, and every promo he ever does, is just unspectacular to me. And uh, it just, yeah, fell flat. So I liked the execution of it. I thought it was amazing. I was thinking, wow, what exactly are they going to do? Because um, I didn't have internet at the time. I didn't know what they were going to do, and I didn't know what had happened afterwards. But... For them to call it a draw and for those two to win, that did make me feel quite excited because, oh, okay, what exactly are they going to do when it comes to WrestleMania? And I think it worked really well. It's just a shame that it was Luger. Brett, understandable because you can get a good match out of every anyone, but eh, Luger, really? So, overall, it was a decent show. Just, uh, eh, there was a few things that I, I remember fonder than others, I suppose. And I can remember I used to watch that VHS all the time. I only had limited uh, wrestling VHS tapes, uh, mainly WWF ones as well, to be fair. Um, so whenever I watched wrestling, it would usually be something that I'd bought from a charity shop, and it was, more often than not, Royal Rumble 94 for quite a, quite a while. So, uh, yeah, there's my memories of one of my favourite Royal Rumbles. Um, after this quick musical break... Because I need to plug my MacBook in. Uh, I'll be talking about the Royal Rumble and the pros and cons, I suppose. This will be fun. Kind of sounds like the intro to Christian's entrance theme in TNA, doesn't it? I did pick it intentionally, don't I? Uh, yeah, we'll be back straight after this. It's literally just going to be 10 seconds after I've said the plugs. So yeah, you can tweet at Super Mega Clash on Twitter or email in uh, talk to the clash at gmail.com. Back to normal uh, 
programming, I guess. How fun is that? See? I said I'd be back. Um, now, when I was planning this show, I was obviously going to talk about one of my personal favourites in terms of Royal Rumble events, uh, which was Royal Rumble 1994. Um, so I was, I was doing the plan for that, I was watching the show, but also I was thinking, well, I started thinking about, does the Royal Rumble, apart from the fact that you just get excited about it because of what it is, is it actually that much of a of an attraction anymore? Um, I don't know if it's a, if it's a personal thing for myself or not uh, this section will be its own uh, recorded thing as well I'll be putting this out as an individual episode because this is actually another feature that I came up with which is going to be just it's almost like a think piece but it's also just just a chance to have a debate either with myself or with other people uh, on Twitter after this show's gone out but for me I only get excited with the Royal Rumble because it is it is something that is different in the year and uh, to look forward to you know that something's going to happen that's not you know the run in the mill what they do all year round but you're just going to be let down by it there's no there's no other way of, there's no other reason to be excited i suppose um i would say the same thing about the money in the bank ladder match but they still have ladder matches throughout the year so that kind of goes but it's also okay who are they giving the the briefcase to this year be interesting to see what goes on there um so yes you could say money in the bank but not to the same extent as the royal rumble when i was when i was younger because i always go back to when i was younger i looked forward to the royal rumble because i think it was also partly because i wasn't as smart of a fan i honest to goodness didn't know who was going to win my first event was royal rumble 2000 i had no idea the rock was going to win uh, i was a fan of the rock but I didn't know who was going to win. I had no idea. Obviously, you you knew that Grandmaster, Grandmaster Sexy or D'Lo Brown, they weren't going to win. No offence, guys, but... Uh, come on. But, you know, I I still didn't know who was going to win. Same with 2001, same with 2002, and, and so on and so forth. But it could be because I'm a smarter fan now. I say smarter, just more. I you know read the rumor mills. I read the dirt sheets. I find out what's going on. Um, but in the last few years, it's been pretty easy to realise who's going to win. Um, last year, Roman Roman Reigns won. You knew he was going to win because they were pushing him hard. They want to make him champ as soon as possible. I know people hate that. I wasn't really a fan of it because, sure. Someone like that could be a champion, but don't do it immediately. He needs more, you know, I'm not an expert in wrestling. I'm not saying I am, but I would much rather have someone be champion that is that has been able to to work on it and be strong enough to be there instead of someone that admittedly isn't the greatest and they've just instantly gone, we've put you in there, done. The fact that Roman became champion at the end of the year was for me easier to deal with and I actually don't mind it because he's actually had a little little bit more time to work on everything and actually have a meaningful story arc and and way of going about it it's not watertight still but it was better than it was at the start of last year but you knew that Roman was going to win that one the year before Batista won it everyone knew Batista was going to win it and 
really? Because you know, obviously, he he was he was promised that he was going to be the champ at WrestleMania and go on from there, and it was going to be good publicity for the company. And I don't like going too much into it because what's the point? It's just going to bore everyone. But for me, it just okay. Batista's won it. We knew that Batista was going to win it, and then the year before that. You knew that it was going to be John Cena winning the title because who else was going to face either CM Punk or The Rock? But at this point, you knew it was going to be The Rock winning the title at some point from CM Punk and it would be against John Cena at WrestleMania. So for the past three years, you knew who was going to win the title straight off. Well, I did anyway because I was smartened up. So this goes out to people that are, like myself, readers of Dirt Sheets and, and, and... up to date with what's meant to be going on or if you're just a casual fan do you do you have that shine that goes off it because yeah sure you look forward to the Kofi Kingston uh, spot whatever he's going to do and you know who's going to win other than that and also they have surprise entrance for me I get a little bit bored of the surprise entrance yeah sure cool it was it was pretty cool to see uh, Bubba Ray Dudley last year but yeah okay I'm 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 over it. I don't know if it's just because it's just something that happens over and over and over again. But, yeah, if we look at the last... We'll go from 2010. That's a good way of doing it. You have... In 2010, you have Edge winning. That was a surprise because it was a surprise comeback. That's cool. 2011, you had Alberto Del Rio winning in a 40-man rumble. For me, that was cool. I wasn't expecting him to win... But that's before I started getting into the rumour mills and whatever. It was cool to see him win, and obviously you had Santino almost win it, and you were thinking, no, come on, really, Santino? Um, Sheamus winning in 2012. Eh, I'm okay with that. I wasn't expecting him to win either, but, you know, down to the last two, Jericho or Sheamus, I'd rather have Sheamus, thank you very much. You had Cena win it in 2013, Batista win it in 14, and in 15 you had Reigns. All three were predictable. Yeah. Not too fast. I think also the problem was in 2011 and 2012 they tarnished it a whole lot by having the opening match of WrestleMania be the Royal Rumble winner against the champion that they decided to face. It should always be the main event. It tarnishes it straight away. But that's just again. I think. I think that's up in the air. I I I don't know if that's just me. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, it does feel a little bit tarnished by the way that it doesn't feel as up in the air. I know in previous years you knew that Hogan was going to win it, you knew that Austin was going to win it, uh, just by the way, um, just by the way that the matches were structured out. But uh, just for me, the the Rumble loses its luster after a while, and I don't know if that's just me or it is a common thing now. But it has it has been tarnished. Um. Yeah. So tell me what you think. Tweet me at Super Mega Clash or or email talk to the Clash at gmail dot com. We'll hopefully have a follow up to this, and we'll see what what's going in exactly. Um, in terms of of, of how people feel but it's definitely something that I've been pondering and I'm not not too sure I I am positive about my wrestling fandom nowadays, I wasn't in the past I was quite sheltered and jaded about it but um, yeah, it's it's gone a little bit this year's Rumble I'm going to watch it live because I've got the network and I want to see it live but I'm not really that fussed at what happens to be honest 
because it's Roman Reigns against everyone, and I'm not really that invested in it. I know you've got Lesnar in it, uh, and you've got Jericho in it, and you've got Big Show in it, and various other factors of varying degrees of interest, but am I really that fuss that Reigns has to go from one all the way through? No, because it's just a Roman Reigns show. I don't mind Roman Reigns. I reiterate that. I don't mind it, but it shouldn't just be about that one person. It should be a whole multitude of people could win it. Get that excitement going, not just it could be two or three. Because then what's the point in having a 30-man match? And why should I bother investing an hour of my time when that's just going to happen? Yeah, sure, they could tell a story, but if it is that predictable that you know he's going to win or it's going to be someone else win it out of those two, then I'm good. I'll just skip through. I think that's another problem as well. It's an hour-long match, but they don't do enough to keep you invested for that hour. Take last year, for example. Daniel Bryan came out, what, number 10? People were excited about, oh, Daniel Bryan, we hope he can win it. They eliminated him pretty quick. Uh, and then the rest of the match was turned on, and you had Big Show and Kane eliminating a lot of top stars. And it brought the whole thing to a grinding halt, apart from uh, Rusev reigns at the end, really. Because no one really cared about Kane and the Big Show. Because you knew they weren't going to do that, have them win it on behalf of the authority to keep the the stranglehold at top. No. Um it was it was a it was a it was a tricky one to watch. I'll often I have, I'll admit, watched it a couple of times just because of how bad the crowd turn on it. And it's interesting to see that. But in terms of the match I'm not first. Uh this year's like I said, not really fussed it's going to be the Roman Reigns show, in a sense, and Lesnar's going to be in it. It'd be interesting to see how Lesnar fares, because obviously he is a dominant monster. But what exactly are they going to do with him in the Rumble? Not sure. But then I'm over overthinking it as, as a smart... As a smart. Shouldn't really be using the terms, you know, but whatever. Um, but I'm going to slightly contradict myself here. I know I said I'm not really too fussed about the uh, the returns or the surprise entrance, but this year there is a legit chance that you can have someone like AJ Styles turn up in the Rumble, and that's cool. With me, that's cool. I'd be looking forward to that because when is he going to come in? You're just waiting for him to turn up, and if he, if he does at all, you just don't know if he does. I can see it getting to the point that that people will be kicking off that he wasn't in it, and maybe even maybe maybe I don't know what the crowd's going to be like, but maybe even the crowd will turn on it once they realise there's no AJ. I, I hope they don't anyway. Actually, they might not. Um, but I want to be able to to watch it for that sort of thing. Yeah, sure, they've teased it on the website and they've actually teased it on Raw, but that's the only thing that's keeping me interested in that Rumble. Other than that, I wouldn't really be that fussed. Um, so, yeah, tell me what you think. Um, is the Royal Rumble something that you just get excited about because, oh, it's the Rumble, but you're not actually fussed who wins and you're not actually fussed who returns or anything like that. It's just, it's the Rumble. It's it's programming to you to look forward to it anyway because it's different and it's once a year and you're not going to get anything like it and there's ramifications behind the match. Other than that, you're not really that fussed who wins. Just, yeah, let me know, because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, if I'm completely honest, and it'll be good to hear good to hear another opinion, I suppose. So, the plugs, the tweets, then the, the contact details, I should say. It's uh, at SuperMegaClash on Twitter, all one word. Or you can email at uh, talktotheclash at gmail.com. Yeah, 
Uh, other than that, you're all sorted. I'm going to be at the 4FW show um, on Saturday. It's going to be fun. Going to get to see Kenny Omega live. Going to get to see Pentagon Jr., Drago, uh, Doug Williams, Tiger Alley, Saul Adams, and the WWF legend Tatanka, among others. Also, the best junior heavyweight in the UK, Mark Haskins. So it'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting show. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I see you all, uh, all there. If not, so what? I'll be hopefully just doing something about the show. I'll be doing a, a, a an episode about that show uh, sometime at the weekend or early next week and hopefully I'll be recording another show which will be about myself and another person that I, I've been wanting to get on the show for a while a friend of mine uh, talking about the early days of our fandom and, and being a UK fan watching the likes of the WWF on uh, Channel 4 and various other means but for now um, I don't know I never really know how to end these so I'll just go with well uh, bye yeah we'll say bye